Cybersecurity has long been a big topic of debate in Washington. Recently, Defense Secretary Leon Panetta made a speech warning that the U.S. was facing the possibility of a cyber Pearl Harbor. And last week, the Pentagon announced that its cyber command would be expanding from 900 to nearly 4,000 people. That's at a time when the Pentagon is making cuts. But the U.S. has a long way to go. That's according to Jim Lewis. He's director of the Technology and Public Policy Program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. The Panetta speech that you referred to in October was uh, very interesting. It came at the end of a a three-year debate over how the U.S. should use its military capabilities in cyberspace. And Panetta put out what I think was like a preemptive policy. He said, if the U.S. discovers an imminent cyber attack that threatens significant harm or could cost American lives, it will strike first. Now, we've heard these reports of possible U.S. involvement in viruses like Stuxnet, which uh, attacked nuclear facilities in Iran. Can you elaborate more on on what the U.S. has been doing? This is a a really new field, right? And the U.S. began uh, toying with uh, cyber warfare probably almost 20 years ago, but the really destructive capabilities weren't developed. So really, the first example would be 2007, where you saw at Idaho National Labs, a test that showed that you could use software commands sent over the internet to cause physical destruction. In this case, it was a room-sized electric generator that was commanded to basically shake itself to pieces. Was that employed? I don't know, but it certainly, you know, everyone has leapt to the conclusion that Stuxnet looks an awful lot like the thing that was tested at Idaho National Labs. Stuxnet is maybe the leading example of uh, an internet attack, a cyber attack. So on the defensive side, how is the the United States securing this country from further cyber attacks? We're actually not that secure. And one of the big disappointments last year was the uh, failure of legislation in the Congress that would have made uh, critical infrastructure a little more secure. Are you optimistic for the future? Uh, No. Um, Well, yes, in the long term. I I think there might be some unhappy chapters in the interim. This is a new technology, and if you look in the past when we've seen things like airplanes or cars or steamboats, it takes us uh, almost a generation to figure out how to use them safely. And um, I'm afraid that we might have to have a damaging attack. Right. You're talking about that unhappy chapter before we get to things kind of smoothing out. So describe kind of what you see as a possible scenario. You know, Iran's activities in the last uh, few months have been really interesting, and U.S. government officials seem to be confident that Iran did two things. The first thing they did was they launched a massive attack against leading U.S. banks. The second thing they did simultaneously was wipe the data from 30,000 computers at the big oil company Saudi Aramco. And I don't think it was a coincidence that these things happened at the same time I think the Iranians were doing a large-scale exercise. How would the U.S. react? Did their new weapon work? Mm. The thing I thought was funny is after those attacks, Secretary Panetta gave his October speech where he basically said the U.S. will act preemptively. And for a little while after that speech, Iranian activity declined. And then a couple weeks later, it was back up. The problem for us now is how do we signal countries like Iran or China that this is really a serious matter? that it could lead to a bigger conflict. And that's what I'm afraid of, is the Iranians will decide they're mad at Israel for bombing some convoy in Syria. Maybe they'll do something damaging in the U.S., and that's what we want to avoid. 
Why do you think the U.S. is kind of moving along so cautiously with these rules of engagement? Technically, before you use a weapon, you're supposed to know whether it puts civilians at risk, whether there's overriding military necessity, whether the damage you're about to cause is proportional to the attack you've experienced. Those are difficult questions to answer with cyber weapons because we just don't have the experience. There's a new thing in New Jersey, I think, called Cyber City. It's all the cyber stuff that would go with a regular city. You can open drawbridges, you can make the traffic lights turn red or green. We can practice on Cyber City to see if we launch this kind of attack in response to a newspaper hack, what are the results? Do we accidentally turn off a hospital? Do we cause damage that we wouldn't want to cause? People are actually going through these processes of, you know, raising drawbridges and turning off lights. Wild. Several countries are testing cyber weapons. The U.S. is one of them. Um, Actually, we're a little more open about it. The other guys have these weapons, too. They just won't admit it. Jim Lewis with the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, D.C. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks a lot.